Welcome to Carleton College for MIAC men's basketball this evening as the Knights host McAllister. The final week of the regular season is here. Carleton has already punched their ticket into the postseason. They could even secure a high seed today, depending how this game and a couple of other games to go uh, turn out tonight, or maybe it'll come down to Saturday to determine those final seedings for the upcoming MIAC playoffs. The Knights do have a chance to land in that number two seed before everything is said and done. Number one is out of reach. St. John's, the regular season champion, will be the top seed for the postseason playoffs. So McAllister is in town here this evening at West Gym to play the Knights. McAllister scored a big win over Carlton earlier this season, rallying from a first-half deficit to win by double digits over Carlton. But since that time, McAllister has struggled. They are 1-8, and eight, rather 2-8, and eight, since that win over Carlton. Coming into this season, McAllister, a playoff team from last season, had to have high hopes. They were bringing back three all-conference players, the dynamic Caleb Williams, a big-time scorer, very solid in every aspect of the game is Kobe Gold, and the uh, all-conference and defensive player of the year, Badu Bob, but he was injured, I believe, in some off-season basketball, and I don't believe has played at all this season. His name is on the roster. He's a junior on the roster, Ba, who comes out of uh, the Senegal, but is uh, has not been a factor this season. So a McAllister team that, again, had to have high hopes on the season with those three returning players of very significant note and uh, it, it hasn't turned out the way that they would have hoped. And to go 2-8 and eight over the last 10 games has dashed any chances they had of sneaking into the playoffs. McAllister sitting in next to last place in the MIAC standings at 5-13, and 9-14 and 14 overall. Now, they did beat Carlton earlier this season, so they do have that riding in their back pocket. And the Knights, on the other hand, want to earn a season a split with McAllister and keep themselves in position for a number two seed potentially in the playoffs. Carlton, Hamlin, and Gustavus are all 12 and 6, right now tied for second place, and then you fall into the various tie-breaking scenarios as to who would be uh, the, the higher seed if things end up in a tie, but after these final two games of the regular season, that might take care of itself, and we don't need to go to the tiebreaker standpoint. But going into tonight's game, um, the Knights can clinch the number two seed, which has a first-round bye, tonight. For them to do that, they would need to beat McAllister, and two other things have to go their way. Hamlin would have to lose to St. Scholastica, and Gustavus would have to lose to St. Mary's. So if those three things happen, Carlton can find themselves in the number two seed even before they play their final game of the regular season against St. Mary's on Saturday afternoon at 3 o'clock, but they are already rest assured of being in the playoffs, just a matter of what seed they end up uh, picking up. Uh, after those three teams tied for second place, so those are the top four positions, St. John's, Carlton, Hamlin, and Gustavus have all wrapped up a playoff berth. Concordia is at 10-8, and eight, Bethel is 9-9, nine and nine, and St. Olaf is 8-10. and 10. Right now, the Oles are on the outside looking in, but they play Bethel on Saturday and are up in Concordia today. And then St. Mary's at 7-11. and 11. I'm not sure how mathematically things work out, but if St. Mary's were to win their final two games... 
Um, they and, and the Oles and Bethel struggle. Maybe even St. Mary's is still mathematically in the picture. It is fun when you've got a lot of teams still with something to play for late in the season. And if an opponent doesn't necessarily have something to play for, McAllister, case in point, they're out of the playoffs, they can certainly have an impact on how the seedings do shake down with their game tonight here against the Knights. These are two of the highest scoring teams in the MIAC. Carlton is second in scoring at 77.6 points a game, which is just a fraction of a point ahead of McAllister, who is third in the conference in scoring. Number one in the conference, as you might expect, is St. John's. Carlton is also tops in the conference in a couple of other stat categories, turnovers, the fewest number of turnovers they've committed per game, are also very high in steals. So both of those things add up to a lot more extra possessions. They're very high in turnover margin, offensive rebounding, free throws, and three-pointers made. Another team that shoots the three very well is their opponent tonight, McAllister. In fact, the Scots are number one in the conference at 11 three-pointers made per game. They are also second in the conference at three-point shooting percentage at about 39%. A lot of numbers to set your head spinning as hopefully your car is not spinning down the road as we're in the midst of a winter dashing of snow, a winter weather advisory, snowmageddon, whatever you want to go with. Uh, Winter is making a rare 2024 appearance here in southern Minnesota. Roy Koenig with you here on the Mighty 920 KDHL 97.9 on the FM dial and free on the KDHL app. I'm at Carleton College. The Knights are getting set to take on the Scots. We'll pause for a little commercial break and continue to set the stage on tonight's game in a moment. H&R Block offices in Oatana, Faribault, and Lakeville remind you now is the time to get your paperwork in order for tax season. Book your appointment at one of the offices where in-person or drop-off filing is available. No computer program can ask every single possible tax question. The tax professionals in Lakeville, Faribault, and Oatana average 10 years experience, and you can request the same preparer every year. File your way at H&R Block offices in Faribault, Oatana, and Lakeville. All tax situations are different. Not everyone gets a refund. Since the Knights last played here at West Gym, they've gone on the road and clinched a playoff bid with a win over Hamlin, 79-69 last Wednesday. And then over the weekend on Saturday, a come-from-behind win over Bethel, 81-78, to put themselves in this position where they are in a tie for second place with Hamlin and Gustavus. Oh, we have little candy treats flying around here. Oh, how about that? Thank you very much. It is Valentine's Day after all. Happy Valentine's Day to everyone. I've got a little Godiva chocolate treat to uh, work on at some point tonight. That looks really good. Um, (laughs) Also, since the uh, last time the uh, Knights played here, forward Matt Banovitz has been named as the Defensive Player of the Week. That is his second conference weekly honor in his career and the first this season. He averaged 20 points, 8 rebounds, more than 8 rebounds, more than 3 assists. 1.3 blocks and 1.3 steals over Carlton's three games last week. He shot 56% overall and 42% from three-point range. 
Banovitz began the week with his fourth double-double of the season against Augsburg back on the 5th of February. I was here to see that game. He collected 22 points, had 10 rebounds, 3 assists, and 2 steals. That was a tough loss for the uh, Knights that day as they were nipped by Augsburg 82-81. to A couple of days after that loss, he fell a rebound short of a double-double in a February 7th road game at Hamlin, scoring 21 points for his seventh game of 20-plus points this season and picking up two more steals. Bandovitz wrapped up the busy stretch by helping Carlton notch another road win on February 10th, defeating Bethel with 17 points, six rebounds, and a season-high tying four assists. So a lot of great numbers there, some of those offensive numbers, but he had some blocks, he had some steals. He was the defensive player of the week in the MIC for last week. Here is a little bit more about McAllister since beating Carlton on the 10th of January. Just 2-8 and eight on the season, and they are in a five-game slide entering tonight's game. Now, in that game back in early January, mid-January, the Scots were behind 31-13 to 13 with eight minutes to go in the first half and outscored Carlton 74-41 to 41 the rest of the way. Just an amazing turnabout. The Scots are allowing 13 more points per game this season than they did a season ago, and the loss of reigning MIAC Defensive Player of the Year, Badu Ba, through injury has certainly got to be a big reason for that. But this is a team that can score points. They are the third-leading scoring team in the conference behind St. John's and Carleton. Two-time All-Region player Caleb Williams at nearly 19 po- at nearly 20 points per game, second in the MIAC behind Luke Harris of Carleton. And all-conference performer Kobe Gold at 15 points per game lead the way offensively for this Scots team. Both teams are members of the 1,000-point club. How about Miles Frisch? He is on a tear off the bench for Carlton over the last five games. Over that stretch, the Knights' sixth man is averaging 14.2 points per game, adding nearly three assists per game, shooting nearly 68% overall and 57% from three-point range during that stretch. That included a 5-for-7 three-point effort against uh, Augsburg where he scored a career-high 19 points. And overall, he is at 45% shooting three-pointers. Again, it was 57% for that stretch of games. But overall on the season, he's at 45% on three-pointers, which just happens to be the hottest three-point shooting player for Carlton, Miles Frisch. And that is on 25 out of 43, shooting 45%. As a team, the Knights are shooting 35% on threes, while 39% for McAllister. They've made the most threes, and they've got a really good three-point shooting percentage as well. And another player that jumps off the score sheet lately is Spencer Getz. Known for his defense, he's usually assigned to defend the opponent's top perimeter scorer. Well, recently he's become a force at the other end of the floor as well. He has tallied double-digit points in six of his last eight games and gets on the season. is at 8.6 rebounds and nearly four assists per game. The six-foot-three junior out of Chaska, Spencer Getz. Teams are out for their final warm-ups, and in uh, just a couple of minutes, we'll have the introductions and then tonight's basketball game here from Carlton. So we'll take one more quick message break on the Mighty 920 KDHL Faribault, Minnesota, as we get set for the Knights and Scots in Valentine's Day basketball, MIEC action from West Gym. 
Carleton ranks number one among baccalaureate colleges in the number of alumni who have gone on to earn academic doctorates since 2007. Approximately 57% of all alums go on to graduate school within five years of graduation, and 21% of alumni go directly to graduate school in the fall after their graduation. It's another reason why Carleton develops life long learners here's the full schedule for tonight in the MIAC uh, Bethel is at St. John's Bethel still battling for a playoff spot St. John's already secured as the number one team Bethel is in the sixth spot right now but they have just a one game lead over St. Olaf who they play here in Northfield on Saturday Hamlin is at Scholastica up in Duluth. Hamlin and Carleton battling for that number two seed. Gustavus in the mix for the number two seed. They're at St. Mary's today, and St. Olaf is up in Concordia. As far as the women's standings, Gustavus at 17 and one, Concordia 16 and two, St. Catharines at 13 and five. The Bennies are 11 and seven, along with Bethel, and then Hamlin at nine and nine is sitting in the number six spot, but with two games to play, both Scholastica and Augsburg are two games behind Hamlin, and tonight Scholastica is playing at Hamlin, so the women's basketball playoff uh, picture scene also uh, is in, uh, uh, a lot of it is set with a couple of teams yet to be determined, or I guess the number six seed is yet to be determined on the women's side or on the men's side. There's uh, several spots uh, that uh, have yet to be secured with four teams in and two others waiting for that uh, clinching spot into the postseason. Just about ready for the national anthem here at uh, Carleton, and then we will get your lineup introductions and get this game going. Three o'clock game on Saturday. We'll wrap up on the regular season. First round of the playoffs is next Tuesday for the three, four, five, and six seeds. The one and two seeds will wait until Thursday, the 22nd of February. And then the MIAC championship is that Saturday. And that'll be games always at the higher seed moving through the MIAC playoffs. Coming into today's game, Carleton 15 and eight overall, 12 and six in the conference. They have won five of their last six games while McAllister at 9-14 and 14 on the season, 5-13 and 13 in the conference, entering today.
Lineup introductions now here from Carlton, and we'll set you up with who the Scots will be going with here in tonight's game. Starting at a guard is a six foot two junior, Kobe Gold, out of Denver and Cushing Academy, Massachusetts. Starting at a guard is a 6'4 sophomore, number five, Eric Wentz out of Minot, North Dakota. Starting at a guard is a junior at six foot, number 11 from Newton, Massachusetts, Tom Andre. Starting as a guard is all conference returner, six foot two junior, number 32 out of Wild Rose, Wisconsin, Caleb Williams. And starting as a forward, a six foot six junior, number 42 out of Nigeria and Padoma, California, is Armando Acapo Nawagbo. The head coach is Abe Wogolassi for McAllister, a McAllister grad of 08. Spencer Getz, a six foot three junior forward from Chaska for the Knights. And a 6-7 senior from Minneapolis, number 25, Matt Benevitz, the reigning defensive player of the week in the MIAC. Also starting out of Ann Arbor, Michigan, a 6-5 first year, Sam Coling. A senior 6-4 guard from Connecticut, Alex Gibbons. And from Piedmont, California, Returning all conference, six foot one junior, number 14, Luke Harris. Head coach is Ryan Kershaw for Carlton. And with that, we are ready to go with basketball. McAllister with gold, Wentz, Andre Williams, and Arcapo Nawagbo. And for the Knights, Getz, Gibbons, Harris, Coling. And Panovitz. Roy Koenig with you here on the Mighty 920 KDHL, Faribault, Minnesota, 97.9 FM, and on the free KDHL app. The Scots are in orange with, um, I guess I'll call it a brown number system, uh, trimmed in white. Carlton is in the white uniforms, dark blue numbers, block lettering. Carlton across the front, little conversation between Gibbons and Gold as we get ready to go. And the initial possession will belong to the Scots. Tom Andre, he's a junior guard, hails from Massachusetts, gets that ball over to Williams. Now they go inside to a couple of Nwagobo. He backs down the defensive player of the week, got his own rebound on a miss, flings the ball high, and stepping on the sideline was Wentz as that toss out was just a little too high. So first possession comes and goes with no points for McAllister. And now Carlton will give it a go as Gibbons hurries into the front court, gives the ball to Harris. High post with it now is Getz. Banovitz with the three-point try missed. Defensive rebound and McAllister will go to work. Gold takes the ball into the front court, looking over his shoulders, make sure no one was uh, tracking him. His jumper from the free throw line misses. Harris grabs the rebound. Leading scorer in the conference at 20.6 points per game plus six rebounds per contest. Gets his own rebound on the missed three. Gets way inside where he's uh, just in among the uh, taller players and he'll kick it out at a round and they will uh, reset the ball with Banovitz. Holding at the free throw line, flings it over to Coling. 
Seven on the shot clock right now as Banovitz drives down into the corner, loses the handle on the ball, and loses it out of bounds. That'll be a turnover on Carlton, and no score just over a minute into the game. So each team has had a couple of uh, possessions to get loosened up. 0 for 2 for McAllister, 0 for 2 for Carlton so far. Gold drives, passes, big body underneath, slips through the defense and sets that up and in. So Akapo Nwagbo will be the first one to put points on the board. And it is 2-0 McAllister, a minute and a half gone by first half. Gibbons gets it back and takes the straight on three and knocks it down with hardly moving the net. Almost a 40% three-point shooter on the season. Nine points per game for Alex Gibbons out of Connecticut. And it's a 3-2 lead for Carlton two minutes in. A step-back three for Williams, and we hear the first points from the number two scorer in the conference, Caleb Williams. 19.7 points per game. The only player who scores more per game in the league is Harris at uh, 20.6. Driving hard and spinning that off the glass is Gibbons. So he has five points. We're all even at five apiece, just over two minutes through. Andre drives to the free throw circle. Ball movement by McAllister on the outside. Williams will drive baseline, waits for the defender to fly by, finds a man in the corner. Baseline drive, and uh, just waited too long to take a shot. Missed it, rebounded by Coling. Coling gallops into the front court. Cuts through the defense, gives it uh, to Gibbons for a straight-on look. Gibbons switches to the left-hand layup, missed it. Coling battles for the rebound, but it'll be Acapo Nuago who grabs it. Five rebounds, four points per game for the 6'6 junior who uh, originates uh, from Nigeria. The three-point try from the corner misses, tearing down the rebound is Gibbons. 5-5 game, three minutes gone by first half. Harris... Up the lane, splits the defense, gets tangled up, and a jump ball. So he got tangled up, but it was Andre tying up the basketball, and that'll be the alternating possession, which should belong to Carlton. And time on the clock is 19. Shot clock 19. The official says that's good. We'll go with it. The jump ball tie-up does not involve a reset. Coling in the lane. He got shoved. This is going to be an inbound. Foul is against Wentz. His first, team's first. 5-5 game. Carlton trying to earn a season split with McAllister. Ball is handed back to Harris after the inbound. Flips it to the corner to Coling for a corner. Three is good for Sam Coling. He's also about a 40% three-point shooter. 8-5, Carlton with the lead, three and a half minutes gone by. McAllister getting set to send three new players into the game at the next whistle. Will head fake by Gold, drives, pulls up from 12 feet, missed it, and then a player gets caught up on the back of a Carlton player and a foul whistled on McAllister. Acapo Duago went up over the top of a player, and he's actually going to get called on the foul as he essentially wiped out a Carlton player while looking for that rebound. Holdbrook is new into the game. Grace the fourth is new into the game. And Weisserman is new into the game for McAllister. Williams stays on the floor as does. Let's see who's the other guy that stays on. Wentz stays on. Carlton, uh, I don't believe Carlton switched anybody at that whistle. 
And here's a three, knocked down by Luke Harris. So at this point, three threes for the Knights. They lead 11-5 as Carlton is getting set for its first sub. Chuck Sweat will be checking into the game at the next opportunity. Four minutes gone by first half, six-point lead. Banovitz defends an entry pass. 15 seconds left on the shot clock. That won't change. Coling comes out as Chuck Sweat checks in, a 6'4 senior at Glencoe, Illinois. So it's an inbound on the sideline. Carlton defending the basket to my right. And the inbound to McAllister in their front court. Get the ball into Williams' hands. Williams. Looks like he wanted to take a three, then hooks a pass forward for Weisserman. Weisserman trying to back down the defender, but uh, Getz is going nowhere. One second on the shot clock, and the shot, I think, was away in time. Then an offensive rebound, so McAllister keeps it going. Holdbrook passes left side. A drive, a layup is good for Wentz. Wentz, 11 points per game, four rebounds, a couple of assists out of Minot, North Dakota. And now the score is 11-7. Carlton, we're closing in on 15 minutes to go in the first half. Long jumper for two, missed. Tap up by Banovitz, misses. Banovitz then gets the rebound, tries to knock it off of the prone uh, Scott on the floor, but then it simply went off him to one of McAllister's teammates. And a trailing three is good for Caleb Williams. So six points for Williams, and it's an 11-10 game. Carlton's lead is down to one. Uh, Miles Frisch, by the way, checked into the game. Frisch has had a hot hand lately. Big-time three-point shooter in the last week or so. But this three, this three will belong to Chuck Sweat. That's four threes for the team. Sweat is about a 31% three-point shooter, and it's now 14-10 Carlton. Drive, and the finger roll is good for Eric Wentz, and he's got a pair of buckets, 14-12 Carlton, 14-15 to go first half. Harris, left-hand dribble to the free-throw circle, leaves the ball for Getz, the jumper around and good, and Spencer Getz is good for two. Carlton missed their first couple of shots, and they've hardly missed since then, it feels like, 16-12 up over the Scots. Little contact to Williams. Play continues. No whistle. He he must have gotten knocked in the head because he stopped. Now, he never dragged his feet. He made a pass, and then a three-pointer is drilled from the left side by Wentz. So Wentz has seven points, and Williams talking to Coach Oldalassi right now as he comes up the floor to play defense. So some arms are flying, smacked him in the face, but action continued and continues in a one-point game, 16-15. Carlton, Frisch for three, missed it. Banovitz taps it, and the ball grabbed by Weisserman. And now that goes off a couple of players' feet. Still McAllister ball. Williams up the lane, spins one way, then the other way, fadeaway drills it. Eight points for Caleb Williams. He's a 1,000-point scorer in his career, and in fact, I think he's on the verge of moving up the all-time chart at McAllister. Once he hits 11 points on the day today, he's going to move up on the uh, McAllister all-time chart. Right now, 17-16, the Scots have gone ahead. There's some contact to do offensive foul, offensive foul on Harris. So Harris, he might have lost his balance a little bit. It is his first foul. Gold is back in for McAllister. 
Yeah, Williams needs 11 points to move to number four on the all-time scoring list. Keep in mind, Williams is a junior, and he's about to move to number four on the all-time scoring list at McAllister. Corner, a step back, look from three, decided not to shoot. Gold passes the ball to Holdbrook. Back to Gold, a three misses. Banovitz guys in there for the rebound. Seven rebounds to go with his 17 points per game on average. Carlton down by one, 17-16, 12-15 to go first half. Gets, lobs inside. That ball goes inside to Gibbons. Gibbons fires it outside to Frisch. A real long three, but it's good. Miles Frisch, not afraid to shoot. What was that, three feet outside the three-point line? And at this point, the Knights have drained five three-pointers, lead 19-17. Dropping the ball, picking it up again. Williams, gold for three, that misses. Nothing but white shirts underneath for the rebound. Banovitz grabs that rebound. He's already had, uh, that would be at least his third rebound. Knights by two. <laughs> Frisch, well outside the three-point arc, but the McAllister defender is pretty close to him. Now Gibbons is uh, open for a shot. Or, uh, Getz, rather, took that shot. Missed it. Here's Frisch for three. That one didn't go. Long tap out. And that's all the way into the backcourt, but that's okay. Here's a long three. Benevitz, that's off the heel of the rim. Williams gets to the ball, taps it over to Holdbrook. And McAllister into the front court, trailing by two. Holdbrook, little uh, uh, hesitation, then moved to the basket, missed it. Benevitz, another rebound. He's up to either four or five rebounds now. 19-17, Carlton leads, 11 minutes to go first half. Top of the free throw circle, the shot misses, uh, gets corralled that rebound, goes outside to Frisch. That one missed, and it goes up and over the backboard. Frisch knew that missed as he dashed in to try and help out his uh, teammates to rebound that missed three, but couldn't quite get to it as it went up and over the backboard, so no one could get to it. And the ball belongs to McAllister. They trail 19-17 to Carlton with just under 11 minutes to go in the first half. Harris sat out for a super short time. He's in now with Frisch, Coling, Gibbons, and Sweat. Taking the ball up the floor. I believe this is, uh, this is Andre taking the ball up the floor. He'll pass that to Gold. Gold comes off a screen. Now kicks it out high, around the perimeter they go. The ball jab free from behind, but that'll be a foul on Alex Gibbons. It'll be his first, team second. 20 on the shot clock. Front court inbound for McAllister, baseline left. Putting it in as gold, and delivered that to Wentz. Wentz already with seven points in the game, hands it back to gold. Gold being guarded by fellow number four Gibbons now Coling with a steal fast break the other way Coling drives in hands it off to Frisch and then Carlton will run some offense after the fast break didn't quite work out now Sweat drives in kick out open look for three missed it rebounded by Andre in the corner Harris on the three-point try that came too hard off the back rim 10 minutes to go first half 1917 Carlton neither team has scored here in a minute or so it feels like as Gold drives in, pulls up, didn't like his look, passed right side, arcing shot missed, offensive rebound, and a reset, good rebound by Andre. He'll bounce inside to a Capo Noago, and then outside for, this is Brush, new into the game. 
Uh, he gives to Wentz, drives into the lane, a lot of traffic, ball tipped away, no foul, and Coling leads the charge up the floor. Races over the Carlton logo in midcourt, passes the ball back to Gibbons, and then there is a foul whistled on Wentz. It's his second and the team's third. Caleb Williams back into the game for McAllister. And Spencer Getz back in for the Knights. Sweat will come off. Coach Woldalassi, very passionate, very into the games, walking the sidelines a lot, a lot of gestures, a lot of uh, instructing players by racing up and down the uh, sideline. They find a man open underneath, does Carlton, and then on a pass down low to Getz, he draws a foul. He'll get free throws on this. The foul whistled on Akapo Dwagbo, which will be his second, team's fourth. And to the line is Spencer Getz, first free throws in the game. First free throw is good. Getz is about a 60% free throw shooter. Spencer at a Chaska, 8 points, 6 rebounds, nearly 4 assists per game. Right now, the Knights shooting 7 of 18. Actually, both teams shooting exactly 7 of 18 from the floor. 21-17 Carlton lead. Both teams shooting 39%. The exact same field goal stats, 7 for 18 for each team. Three-pointer from the right. That'll change the stats as Caleb Williams hits his third three. He's got 11, which means that does lift him now into fourth place all time. At McAllister, he passes Gerald Dreyer. It's a foul underneath the basket who played in the mid-50s. And the foul is on Brush. That will lead to free throws for Luke Harris, who has three points in the game and goes to the free throw line as a 78% free throw shooter. So once again, Williams has now passed Dreyer for all-time points at 1,530, I believe he's at. So he's number four on the all-time list at McAllister, and he's just a junior. Matt Banovitz is back into the game, giving a breather for Gibbons. And the lefty, Luke Harris, will line up his second free throw. That one is in and out, and Williams gets the rebound. 22-20. to Carlton leads, 8.45 to go first half. 22-20. to And that pass, just an errant pass to a player cutting up the lane. Sharp skip pass to Harris. Harris takes it hard in. The scoop shot is off, but he got fouled and goes to the line. Harris to the line for two more. Foul on Andre, his first, and the team's sixth. Just a moment ago, Harris was one for two from the free throw line, 78% on the season. Good on the free throw. He's at five points in the ball game. Averages 20.6 points per game. Crawford is coming to the game for McAllister. Marcus Crawford, a junior out of Edina. And second free throw. Is good. So 24 to 20, a four-point lead currently for Carlton with eight and a half to go in the first half. Skip pass ahead. McAllister's Williams defending on him as Getz. 
That ball's then handed off to Gold. Gold passes left wing. Now in the hands of Crawford. Ten on the shot clock. Straight on look for three. And the lefty, Gold, delivers a three. He's a 37% three-point shooter. 24-23, Carlton by one. Down to eight minutes to go in the first half. Harris looking for Coling. Skips a pass ahead to Getz. Getz turned around. Little baby hook missed it. Rebound eventually falls to Andre, not the tallest player, but it went off a couple other guys in the process. Williams, a spot up three, rims out. Offensive tap, and there's a collision in going for that loose ball. And actually, the the collision, no foul, just the ball ends up going out of bounds off of the uh, player for McAllister who uh, ran into a player for Carlton, but no, no foul called on the play. So it's a timeout on the floor. 24-23, Carlton leads 7.45 to go in the first half. More basketball from West Jim at Carlton in a moment on the Mighty 920 KDHL. The Carlton College academic environment is undeniably rigorous and challenging, but it's also uniquely supportive. Instead of competing, students embrace a spirit of collaboration. Unlike most colleges, Carlton has three 10-week terms per academic year, fall, winter and spring which allows students to focus more completely on their classes another way that carlton develops leaders on that all-time scoring list at McAllister, caleb williams has moved into fourth place just ahead of gerald dreyer from the 50s patrick russell is next up which is uh, someone he could catch tonight as well Um, I believe 10 more points he would need to reach Patrick Russell's numbers, who played in the late 90s and early zeros. Number two on the all-time list is Ben Van Thor from the early O's. And number one all-time is Tom Conboy, who wrapped up his career in 08 with 1,909 points. And right now, Caleb Williams is at 1,530 points in his career. Now number four on the all-time list at McAllister. 24-23, 24-23, Carlton by one with the basketball, 7.45 to go in the first half. Did you see the Star Tribune this weekend, the Minnesota Curiosity or Curious Minnesota segment? Someone asked the question, how did Northfield get two major colleges? I'll pick some highlights out of that Star Trib piece during the halftime report. Also some cool news on some of the Carlton student-athletes and some awards and uh, top performances that they've been doing lately. 24-23 Knights down to 15 on the shot clock. Harris, oh, gets a little tricky with an over-the-shoulder no-look pass. Almost lost it. Then Frisch, a three-pointer missed, rebounded by Gold for the orange-clad Scots. Gold then pulls up, fakes a three. Gets the ball to Williams. He gets into traffic, still finds a way to get a shot. That might have been affected or blocked, but it ends up coming through to Weisserman, and he gets his first points, and the freshman out of Chicago puts McAllister up 25-24, seven minutes to go, first half. Coling on a give and go, no way to return the pass from Getz, however. Banovitz instead gets free from just inside the free throw line, so free that he was short on his shot. Everybody just disappeared. It was like oil and water, just everybody cleared out of the way, but he missed his shot short. Defensive rebound, and then Andre passes on the left wing. Uh, Crawford holds it in the corner passes it into the corner give and go back to Crawford he's too far underneath however needs some help and he 
travel, dragged that pivot foot. Carlton was really defending well on Crawford and just had him absolutely hemmed in on the baseline. He ends up traveling. That is a turnover on McAllister. So turnovers, Carlton with four, McAllister only with three. Three-point shooting, five for 12 for Carlton and five for 10 for McAllister. Coling has the ball in the low post. Spin move back to the low post, gets the defender in the air and knocks it down. So Sam Coling, the first year out of Ann Arbor, averages 10 points a game. He's halfway there. It's 26-25 night, six minutes to go first half. Williams into the corner, and they work it around the perimeter. Andre with the basketball guarded by Harris. Andre pulls up on the dribble, gets the pass to Williams, guarded by Coling. Williams, left hand, right hand, crossover, lost the handle on the ball, goes to get it. Coach Wogolassi was almost out there to get it. He's so animated on the sideline. There's a block on a shot by Williams, blocked by Coling. Transition the other way for Carlton. Harris drops it off. Coling to the basket to finish the play. He helps start at the other end. 28-25 Knights, and we've got a timeout on the floor. Timeout on the floor taken this time by McAllister going to hold on to it right here and let you know about the upcoming schedule on the Mighty 920 KDHL in Faribault, 97.9 FM, and our sister station in Owatonna as well. Coming up tomorrow, boys hockey, Faribault will host Northfield. I'll be at the Faribault Ice Arena for that game tomorrow night at 7 o'clock on the Mighty 920 KDHL. Then on Friday, Bethlehem Academy is at Randolph. I think I'm tagged on that one as well. Friday night, boys hoops. BA at Randolph. On Friday as well, the Owatonna High School Huskies in the new gym will host John Marshall in an AM 1390 KRFO broadcast. And then as we look at Saturday, it's back here to wrap up on the regular season for Carleton. They host St. Mary's in a 3 p.m. tap on Saturday, and then playoffs are next week. Shooting percentage, 41 for McAllister, 39 for Carleton. Tight there, tight game, 28-25 nights, five and a half to go in the first half. McAllister ball, 26 on the shot clock as play resumes. They attack the basket to my right as I sit in row four or five here at the West Gym. A straight on look for three, missed it. Ricochet comes off to Gibbons. And Carlton's Harris dribbles from the right to the left side of the front court. Gets has a little bit of a look, decides to pass it off instead. Coling with the ball in that low post area. Now gets double teamed. A little hook shot, push shot up and in by Coling. He's got nine, and it's 30 to 25, Carlton. Now a little bit of an opening and a chance to run, and the uh, running driving layup for Grace the fourth is good. Robert Grace the fourth out of Minneapolis and the Blake School has his first points of the game. It's a three-point game, 30 to 27. Under five to play in the first half. Gets, I think, wanted somebody to screen. Instead, he'll take a jumper from the free throw line extended. And Spencer Getz has six. He averages eight a game. And Carlton is up 32 to 27. Williams guarded by Getz. And now pulling up on the dribble. I think that was Holdbrook. On the right side is Grace the fourth. Holdbrook on top. Gets the ball to Williams. Back to Holdbrook with a player in his face. Missed the three. And two knights fight for the rebound, and then it's almost taken away by a uh, almost taken away by a McAllister player. But it is knight basketball. But then they end up turning it over. That'll be turnover number five on Carlton. 
Four minutes to go in the first half, 32-27. Carlton on top. Coach Ryan Kershaw, second-year head coach, walking along the sideline, clapping his hands. Fire up his team. Coach Kershaw, the reigning MIAC Coach of the Year after Carlton won the regular season and postseason last season, his first year. A foul on Carlton Spencer Getz. His first team's third. Inbound here. Play for McAllister underneath their offensive hoop. Into Williams. Williams is guarded by Getz. Williams. Boy, he's just he's just very cat-like in his motion. Just very quick, very quick. Didn't take a shot that time. And now every other player has touched the ball nearly on McAllister. And a steal. Knocking the ball away was Chuck Sweat. Nice job knocking it away from Wentz. And the runner at the other end uh, draws a foul on uh, Kobe Gold. It'll be his first and the team's seventh to the free throw line, Harris, who's been held to six points in the first half. He's three out of four on free throws and goes to the free throw line right now for two with 3.34 to go in the first half. Free throw off the front of the rim, just uh, three for five right now on free throws. And here's a couple of dribbles. This free throw is all net. So he's four to six in that category. 33-27, Carlton, three and a half to play first half. Williams on the dribble in the front court. Picked up by Getz. Ball handed off to uh, Holdbrook. Holdbrook spins, passes to a uh, Williams cutting along the baseline. Williams on the dribble. Harris on him. Williams turns, shoots, and got it. 13 points now for Williams, and it's 33-29. Carlton, three minutes to go in the first half. Harris drive through the defense. He's going to the free throw line again. He's four out of six. Foul 42. That'll be the third foul on Acampo Duagbo. So his third. He might be coming off here in a moment. And the lefty Harris, first free throw is good. Five out of seven from the line. And a couple Nwagbo comes off. 34-29 pending this next free throw for Luke Harris. On its way. And it is good. Eight out of, uh, six out of eight, rather, on free throws. And nine points so far for Harris. He'll get to his average, you would think. Still a few minutes to go in the first half. His average is just over 20, and he's at nine. So he's not exactly being limited in any real sense of the word. A jump stop, and it's good for Wentz. Wentz is at nine points, 35-31 Carlton. Two and a half to play in the first half. Harris crosses over dribble, left-hand drive, float, a little behind his back, behind his shoulder, flick toward the rim, missed it, rebound, Wentz, and he's fouled. Foul on Harris, it'll be, it is his second, it's the fourth on the team, it's an inbound play for McAllister. McAllister trying to break a skid, trying to sweep Carlton. They won earlier this season, 87-72, a game they trailed late in the first half but came storming back to win up in uh, at McAllister. 
Williams on the dribble. Hands the ball off to Gold, flying by. Back out to Williams. He's guarded now by Gibbons. Williams drives, gets through, heaves it up, and he didn't get it to go, but he drew the foul. Just a dynamic scorer. Foul is on Gibbons, his second. And Williams, who's an 83% free throw shooter, goes to the line for the first time in this game. Knocks it down, returning all-conference player, returning uh, junior at a Wild Rose, Wisconsin. 35-32, 207 on the clock. Second free throw good as well. Coling back in the lineup for Carlton. Luke Harris is also a thousand point scorer and is making his way up the Carlton all time scoring list. But a little focus on Williams today who moves up in uh, the stat department with his performance so far tonight. There's a foul on Gold that'll be free throws, or at least a one-and-one. So Gold on his second, and that is the ninth foul and a one-and-one opportunity now for Coling. Coling, 76% free throw shooter. One-and-one. First shot good. Carlton as a team is shooting 75%. It's one of the best numbers in the MIAC. So, front end good. 36 33, 155 to go. Carlton up. Second free throw good as well. Again, Coling's number is 76%. Knights by four, 37 33, minute 50 remaining. Williams holds the basketball for McAllister. Williams finds just a little bit of an opening to go through, and then the fadeaway shot misses. Frisch gets the rebound. And nearly has the ball stolen away, but it stays Carlton ball. Harris into the front court, left wing, uh, kind of streaks by Coling, gets in close, shot misses, ball saved as he's tumbling out of bounds by Andre McAllister on the run into the front court. Ball dropped back for Gold, a long three, drills it. Kobe Gold with his second three of the ball game. He's got six points, he averages 15 points a game. 37-36, the Scots are within one as a handoff to Coling. Then he gives it to Getz at the top of the key. Low post, Coling. Coling flings corner. And Banovitz is open for three. And Banovitz gets his first basket of the ball game. 16, nearly 17 points per game on average. That's his first. And it's 40-36 to 36 Carlton with 50 seconds to go in the first half. Foul on Banovitz, his first foul and the sixth on Carlton, so it's an inbound play for McAllister, 24 on the shot clock, 50 on the game clock here in the first half. Williams has the ball. Williams shovels it out to Brush for three. Ryan Brush, who's a 40% three-point shooter, and it's 40 to 39, a one-point lead for Carlton, 33 seconds left, 25 on the shot clock. Ball is handed off to Coling. Banovitz holds it outside the uh, three-point arc, inside to Coling, kicks it out. Frisch open for a three-point look, and you can't leave him open from anywhere. Frisch with his second three of the night, 43-39. 
Williams front court, no shot clock, 11 seconds on the game clock, first half. Four-point lead for Carlton. Williams looks for somewhere to drive. He's poking, he's prodding, he's, he's trying to drive in. Now he heaves it into the right side for a three-point look at the buzzer. It's good. It was released in time. It's good for a three for Eric Wentz, and that leaves us in a one-point game at the half. It's Carlton 43 and McAllister 42. What a first half of basketball. We'll get into our halftime report, halftime notes, and the like here on the Mighty 920 KDHL. Faribault, Minnesota, a one-point game at the half with Carlton up by one over McAllister. Carleton College is committed to providing a true liberal arts education, a curriculum that challenges students to learn broadly and think deeply. Instead of training for one narrow career path, Carleton students develop the knowledge and skills to succeed in any walk of life. Carleton students learn critical thinking, problem solving, use creativity and effective communication tools to transform a collection of facts and figures into a way of understanding the world. Halftime score, 43-42. Carlton leading over McAllister. Let's see. In this game, there have been... uh, Trying to figure out the lead differential here. Which screen is that on? Well, I guess I'm not sure where to find that on the... Last lead for McAllister was 25-24. There's been one tie in the game... And I think a few lead changes along the way. Here we go. Thank you. The paper stats, I know exactly where to find the biggest lead. McAllister's biggest lead was only two points. And Carlton's biggest lead has been six points. So there have been seven lead changes as we went back and forth there for a little while in a tight game. And the game was tied one time. We'll dig more into the stats in just a little bit, but I found that piece in the Star Tribune this weekend pretty interesting. It's a regular feature on Sundays they call Curious Minnesota. And a reader somewhere asked the question about Northfield getting two major colleges. And without getting into it it too much in depth, originally called Northfield College, Carleton debuted in 1867. The name became Carleton after a donor from Massachusetts made a big donation around uh, that time, a little after 1867. And then in 1874, along came St. Olaf. Uh, The sports rivalry is what I'll talk mostly about here. You can certainly find more about the history uh, if you look it up through the trib. Uh, But uh, the sports rivalry, as you would expect, is going to be pretty notable with two colleges in the same town and that they haven't always played in the same conference. I think there's been some times that they uh, things have been different. But in general, the rivalry is always going to be there. Some downtown brawls in the 1930s, 40s, and 50s eventually led to a peace treaty in 1951. Also, some homecoming hijinks were uh, taking place over the years where freshmen would try to light the other school's bonfire the night before it was supposed to be lit. That metric game, the metric bowl between the football teams is uh, certainly a notable part of the history of uh, the uh, rivalry between these two. And uh, maybe one of the more most interesting stats in the article is that three out of every 10 residents in the city of Northfield are connected to the college, either faculty or students, three out of every 10. Now we know there's other 
industry, of course, in Northfield, but the two colleges certainly are a major backbone of what Northfield is all about. So Curious Minnesota, if you're curious, you can look more into that and the history of these two uh, storied institutions and uh, even a little bit of the sports rivalry that exists between the two. How about uh, some of the uh, more specifics on the individual stats and team stats here? First of all, one-point game at the half, 43-42 Carlton. In the team stats uh, for McAllister, they're shooting 48%, and Carlton is shooting 43%. On three-pointers, McAllister's 8 for 15 for 53%, 7 for 14 for Carlton for 50%. Free throws, 2 for 2 for McAllister, 10 for 12 for Carlton. Points off turnovers, 5-4 Carlton. Points in the paint, 14-12 Mac. Second chance points, 2-0 McAllister. Fast break points, Carlton 5-3. And bench points, Carlton 9-7. Close in every single one of those specialty stats. Rebounding is 18-16 Carlton. Turnovers are 5 on McAllister and 4 on Carlton. And then for some individual stats for McAllister, 15 points for Caleb Williams. That includes three for five on three-point range. He also has two assists. 12 points for Wentz. He's got a couple of rebounds and an assist as well. Six points for Kobe Gold on a couple of three-pointers made. Three points for Brush on a three. Two for Weisserman. Two for Grace the Fourth, And two for Akapo Nwagbo who is dealing with some foul trouble. Three personal fouls are on him. Leading rebounder, by the way, is Tom Andre. Five rebounds, one assist, no points, but helping his team most certainly by leading and rebounding with five. On the Carlton side, uh, individual scoring. Sam Coling leads away with 11. He's also got two assists, one steal, and three rebounds. Nine points for Luke Harris. Two rebounds, three assists for Harris. Six points for Miles Frisch, two out of six on three-point shooting, but the threes he has made have been from way downtown. Spencer Getz has six points in the first half. Five points for Gibbons, a couple of rebounds and an assist. Three points for Banovitz. He has six rebounds, one assist. And three points for Sweat who also has two rebounds and one steal. Back to Sam Coling, 11 points, three rebounds, two assists, one steal, and two blocked shots as well. Sam Coling, the first year out of Connecticut, is having himself a great first half. Oh, I'm sorry, he's out of Michigan. Coling is out of Michigan, um, but having himself a very strong first half of play and an exciting first half of action here at Carleton with the Knights up 43-42 on the Mighty 920. KDHL, Faribault, Minnesota. Carleton College's faculty members are highly respected scholars, researchers, and practitioners in their field. But above all, their first priority is teaching. Every course at Carleton is taught by a professor, not a teaching assistant, and classes small enough offer individual attention for students. A student-to-faculty ratio of 9 to 1 ensures Carleton students have plenty of opportunity for interaction with their professors. 
We are at the half, 43-42. Knights leading over the Scots in a great one. Some of the other things that are happening and athletes that are in the news for Carlton. I already talked about Matt Banovitz being the defensive player in the, of the week in men's basketball in the MIAC. The Mayak Swimming and Diving Championships are getting underway today at the University of Minnesota, continuing Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. St. Catherine, the three-time defending champ on the women's side, Gustavus, has won the last four men's titles. Some Carleton swimmers of note or divers uh, include first-year Haley Westrup out of Sartell. She won the women's one-meter competition at the Dodd Road Diving Invite on February 3rd. She was also second in the three-meter board. Carleton Jr. Ethan Toon from Maryland is the defending Mayak champion in the 200 breaststroke. And Carleton senior Josh Wu out of uh, Ermintown, Wisconsin, had a big meet back in late January as he was part of two individual events and swam two victorious relay teams as well when the Knights beat St. Olaf. So the swimming and diving championships underway today, continuing through Saturday. Carleton men's and women's cross-country teams and 12 individuals have been named all-academic by the U.S. Track and Field and Cross-Country Coaches Association. The Knights women's team, who, by the way, was the national champions in Division Three cross-country, earned the Women's Scholar Team of the Year award. And segueing right off that to some of the women's track and field notes, uh, the uh, Carleton runners have some... Uh, of the top times in the nation and some of the longer distance events by some of the ladies who are also part of that champion cross-country team. I don't know that all of these women are, but here are the women's uh, track and field members that are picking up some acclaim. Carleton senior Mary Blanchard has one of the top times in the 800 meter this season. Carleton senior Helen Cross has the 21st fastest time in the nation in the 3,000 meter and 19th fastest in the 5,000. Carleton junior Sophie McManus has the 15th best time in the 5,000. Sophomore Hannah uh, Pricer has the 25th best time in the 5,000. And Phoebe Ward has the 13th best time in the 5,000. Again, quite a few of those runners are cross-country runners. Men's track and field, the name to note is sophomore Roy Llewellyn out of Illinois. Uh, 3,000-meter run at the Ted Nelson Classic February 3rd, and he had a season-best time to take second place in that event. So congratulations to those Carleton student-athletes that are doing some uh, special things with their sports going on right now. 43-42, the Knights have the lead. We'll check the scoreboard for a couple of the other games when we return to the West Gym in a moment on the Mighty 920 KDHL. H&R Block offices in Oatana, Faribault, and Lakeville remind you now is the time to get your paperwork in order for tax season. Book your appointment at one of the offices where in-person or drop-off filing is available. No computer program can ask every single possible tax question. The tax professionals in Lakeville, Faribault, and Oatana average 10 years experience, and you can request the same preparer every year. File your way at H&R Block offices in Faribault, Oatana, and Lakeville. All tax situations are different. Not everyone gets a refund.
Carleton ranks number one among baccalaureate colleges in the number of alumni who have gone on to earn academic doctorates since 2007. Approximately 57% of all alums go on to graduate school within five years of graduation, and 21% of alumni go directly to graduate school in the fall after their graduation. It's another reason why Carleton develops lifelong learners. Teams are back on the floor to get ready for the second half of play this evening at Carleton. Let's see if this works to get some score updates. 43-42, the Knights lead over the Scots at the half. Bethel is at St. John's today. And got to kind of click on, I don't know where the overall scoreboard is. I'm just clicking on the individual games, and we'll see if the scores pop up on that. St. John's has already wrapped up the top spot. St. John's in a tight one with Bethel, 39-32 at the half. St. John's leading Bethel. Bethel's still fighting to guarantee themselves a spot, a spot in the postseason. The Hamlin at Scholastica game is important for um, Carleton, but there's no score being posted on that game, unfortunately. Gustavus at St. Mary's is also a game that Carleton fans will be watching closely because... Gustavus is tied with Carlton and Hamlin for that second spot in the standings. Gustavus is down at St. Mary's today, and Gustavus is in good shape. They're up by 20 points, and that looks like it's a halftime score, 38-18. So Gustavus is in very good shape. If Carlton wins today, and nothing says they will, they're up by one point at the half. If Carlton wins today, they need both Hamlin and Gustavus to lose in order to secure the number two seed tonight. Otherwise, things will come down to Saturday's games. It does not look like Gustavus is going to lose up by 20 points at the half, but they do still have to play the second half. Uh, the St. Olaf men at Concordia, that's a later start because it's a women's men's doubleheader. St. Olaf is uh, also still fighting for a playoff spot. They are on the outside sitting in seventh place, need to be top six to make the postseason. Their game is a little bit behind this one. And it is, oh my, Concordia way up on St. Olaf, 49-26 to 26 is the score that is on the board in that game. So I guess those are the games I can get you, three other scores plus this one, and then the Hamlin at Scholastica game not coming up on the scoreboard, so uh, I cannot help you or can't help myself on that one either. 43-42, Carlton leading over McAllister. One more message from our fine sponsors and back with the second half of basketball on the Mighty 920 KDHL. We are all familiar with these kinds of banks. The ever-popular snow bank that either your neighbor has backed into or their neighbor kids sliding on with their friends. Then there's the blood bank, which, by the way, always a good idea to give blood. But are you familiar with First United Bank with locations in Faribault and Owatonna? At First United Bank, banking is all about relationships and working towards a common goal of financial security. Get to know the most popular bank in the area, First United Bank, member FDIC. Teams have indicated they will go with their starters to begin the second half here at the West Gym. At Carlton, Roy Koenig on the coverage on the Mighty 920 KDHL, Faribault, Minnesota. Tomorrow night is high school boys hockey. Faribault hosts the 
Big Nine champs, Northfield. I think Northfield has wrapped up the Big Nine title already. That'll be tomorrow night here on the Mighty 920 KDHL. For McAllister, that means Gold, Wentz, Andre Williams, and Akapo Nawagbo, who's playing with three fouls. And for Carlton, Getz, Gibbons, Harris, Kohling, and Banovitz. There are a couple of players on each team that have two fouls uh, overall. Just the one player with three fouls in the game. So McAllister with the ball. McAllister going right to left here in the second half, attacking the basket to my left. McAllister dressed in the orange uniforms. Brown and white trim, brown numbers. White uniforms for Carlton. Blue numbers, blue lettering, and uh, a pass to the left wing. That was almost thrown by his teammate Wentz. Andre drives in, dribbles through all the traffic, passes into the corner. Williams, six on the shot clock, and Williams drills a two to start the second half. All that dribbling by Andre kind of lulled everyone to sleep. Then he finds Williams, and Williams puts it in. At the other end, there's a push. I think McAllister... Um, that'll be the third on Wentz. So now a second player has three. First foul of the half. Into Banovitz. Banovitz, well, from behind, somebody jabbed the ball free, so it's a turnover. Williams, <coughs> Gold, fakes, drives, looks inside, kicks outside. Williams catches, shoots a three, bubbles out, rebounded by Harris. 44-43 for McAllister on Williams scoring on the previous play. 44-43. <clears throat> Into the corner. Corner three is good for Alex Gibbons. His second three of the game, 46-44. Carlton. Minute and a half into the second half. Down low, getting tangled up, trying for the steal. And did they get a timeout called? I think uh, the player for the Scots was getting tangled up, tied up. All right, take that back. Oh, oh yeah, number four called a full timeout. That's what they are indicating. So with a timeout on the floor, early on second half, 46-42. Knights lead the Scots on the Mighty 920, KDHL. The Carleton College academic environment is undeniably rigorous and challenging, but it's also uniquely supportive. Instead of competing, students embrace a spirit of collaboration. Unlike most colleges, Carleton has three 10-week terms per academic year, fall, winter, and spring, which allows students to focus more completely on their classes. Another way that Carleton develops leaders. Coming into tonight's play, Carlton 12 and 6, tied for second with Hamlin and Gustavus. St. John's leading the way 17 and 2 on their MIAC schedule and already wrapping up that number 1 spot for the postseason.
Ball belongs to McAllister. And on the right wing, Gold. Hoofs it back to the right behind himself and then trying to pass it down low was Williams. It was deflected. Now Williams goes in the air, takes a shot at the buzzer. They get the offensive rebound. They got the shot off in time. An open look from three is around and off. Boy, a lot of bodies are flying around underneath the hoop to try and get those rebounds. This time Carlton comes away with it. Carlton up by two, two minutes into the second half. Banovitz holds the ball guarded by Williams. He looks inside for Getz. Gets uh, in close. He'll toss it out. McAllister folks calling for a travel. Gets gets inside, knocks it off the glass, missed it. Good box out by Andre, who had good rebound numbers in the first half. He gets this one, and then he runs the offense into the front court. Gives it over to Gold. Gold swings it back over to the right to Andre. Similar looking play as before. Gold little head fake. Wentz drives up the lane, kicks it outside. Andre for three. It misses. A tap out goes to Coling. And Carlton up two with the ball, closing in on the 17-15 mark of the first of the second half remaining. Driving Harris, stripped away from him. It goes off his knee out. That is turned over and out of bounds off of Carlton. On the ball game, shooting percentage now for Carlton, 43.3. And for McAllister, 48.5. Both teams shooting extremely well. Pretty high-scoring game. 46-42 Carlton, three minutes into the second half. Ball handed off to Gold. McAllister on the attack to the basket on my left. Inside, outside, Williams. Left side, Andre. Dribbles down to the baseline. Hooks it out with seven on the shot clock for Williams. Guarded by Getz. Four on the shot clock. Two on the shot clock. And he got the shot away. It hit iron. And they got the offensive rebound. And now Gold has the ball out very high. Real wild dribble. Almost out of control, but no call on that. Gold drives in. Gets close. Ball knocked away. Picked up now by Williams. A jump stop. Sets it up and in. That was a long possession. And it worked out in McAllister's favor. We are tied at 46 points apiece. Very exciting possession as well for McAllister. You could just watch Williams with time running out. No no panic. Got the shot away just as the time was expiring. It came off his fingertips. Harris can't drive. Gives it out to Gibbons. Gibbons head fake and bumps with gold. Gets inside, but as a trio of Scots around him. Now it's outside to Gibbons for three. Comes off the front of the rim. Rebounded by Getz. Getz stumbles into the corner. Able to dribble. Not too much pressure on him. Takes it into the lane. Teardrop shot up and in for Spencer Getz. And he has his first points of the second half. It's 48-46. Carlton, 15-30 to go. Ball pass to Gold. Down low post area. Skip pass in the lane. Knocked away from uh, Capo Noagbo. And it goes out of bounds, I believe, off Carlton. Sweat is in. Frisch is in. Coling comes off. Gibbons comes off. It is Scott's basketball. 13 seconds on the shot clock. Gets it into the hands of Andre out of Newton, Massachusetts, the junior. Five points per game for Andre. Then Williams takes it up the lane. He had the ball stripped away from him. No whistle. Just knocked away by the good defense of Carlton. 
and gets into the front court. Kind of uh, jogs through the free throw circle, gives the ball to Frisch, back to Getz at the free throw line extended, and he knocks down the shot. So Spencer gets a couple of consecutive possessions with points. He's at 10, which is slightly over his average, and there's a timeout on the floor. 14.51 to go in the second half. Carlton leads 50-46 to over McAllister. On the Mighty 920 KDHL in Fairbo. We are all familiar with these kinds of banks. The ever-popular snow bank that either your neighbor has backed into or their neighbor kids sliding on with their friends. Then there's the blood bank, which, by the way, always a good idea to give blood. But are you familiar with First United Bank with locations in Fairbo and Owatonna? At First United Bank, banking is all about relationships and working towards a common goal of financial security. Get to know the most popular bank in the area, First United Bank, member FDIC. Timeout was taken that time by McAllister. They're left with three timeouts. Five timeouts still remain for Carlton. Abel DeLassi, 2008 grad, sixth season. He has an enthusiasm and passion for the game that has been passed on to his team. And in even each of the previous seasons, they've had an increase in the winning percentage. Now, that's going to go the other way this season, but there is that big caveat that the reigning MIUC Defensive Player of the Year, Badu Ba, was injured before the season began. Nonetheless, they return other all-conference players. They just haven't had a, a great uh, uh, record-wise season this season. Boldalassi came back to, McAll- to McAllister after some time at Siena College. Also, Davidson College and Dartmouth of the Ivy League and various uh, coaching and basketball support positions over time. A native of Minneapolis, Minneapolis, Lassie, in his sixth season with McAllister. <laughs> he is literally hands on his player, directing him where to stand. That is how close he is to the action, standing on the sideline here, touching his player. Um, with the basketball is Williams. Williams hands the ball off to Grace the fourth, who gets in the lane, then comes out, gives it to Gold. Gold cut off. Five on the shot clock. Gold with three, two, and one. Gets the shot away. It misses. Defensive rebound by Benevitz. Carlton leads by four. 14-20 to go. Coach Kershaw is up as well. Arms folded. Standing at the end of the bench, watching the offense unfold in front of him. Frisch out to Banovitz, a straight on three, and he drilled it. Banovitz with his second free of the game. 36% three-point shooter on the season. It's 53-46, Carlton. And a three-point try misses, offensive rebound. Brush's shot missed, but offensive rebound for the Scots. Now Gold, a fake from way outside the three-point arc. And now he does take it. And that shot misses. I think it missed everything. The fight for the rebound. Harris with the ball. And Harris gets the ball over to Getz. 13.30 to go. Carlton leads by seven. This might be their biggest lead. Off the heel of the rim, Andre gets the rebound on the miss by Sweat. Into the front court is Wentz. Wentz hit a buzzer-beating buzzer beating three at the end of the first half. Wentz, 12 points in the game. The drive is by Kobe Gold with the gold shoes too, by the way. Gold, boy, he pump fakes a three every time and then hooks it over, gets it back. Gold just to the left of the key. Six on the shot clock, gets in the lane, pull up, missed it, rebound, gets. 13 minutes to go, 53-46. Carlton in front. 
They can't clinch a home. They will be unlikely to be in position to clinch a first-round bye tonight, but would still keep themselves alive for that with a win today. Because Gustavus looks like they're going to win. Gets with six on the shot clock, cannot get by Gold. Gets the ball to Banovitz. He flicks it up there, missed it. And the defensive rebound by Gold. Gold, middle of the floor, races in the front court, drops it off for Williams, real high on the dribble. Kalo up the lane, spins, puts it up and off, and then fouled as he gets the offensive rebound and gets hit in uh, the follow-up. Foul is on Getz. It's his second, first of the second half, called on Carlton, and to the free-throw line is Williams, where he's two of two at the line. Williams at 19 points. Now 20, so he's beat his average of 19.7 with his 20th point. Coling back in, Gibbons back in. They join Frisch, Sweat, and Getz on the floor. Meanwhile, Weisserman, Grace the fourth, Wentz, and Holdbrook join Williams, who just hit the second free throw, 53-48, five-point lead for Carlton, 12 and a half to go. Getz hands the ball off to uh, Gibbons. Sweat underneath, and what a great pass, and Gibbons on the finish. Sweat with a great assist to Gibbons. It's 55-48, Carlton, 12.05 to play. Grace the fourth is a junior out of Minneapolis, and he drives, left hand, missed it. Offensive rebound, up and good for Weisserman, who has his second field goal, 55-50, Carlton, 11.45 to go. Coling, right side pass, then it's uh, to Frisch, who steps inside, gets a nice feed to Coling, draws the foul and will go to the line, couldn't get the shot to roll in. Very nice feed from Coling, uh, uh, from Frisch, and Coling goes over and shakes his hand and says, thank you, that was a nice feed. Weisserman on the foul, his first, team second. Coling, two of two, now three of three from the free throw line, a 76% free throw shooter on the season. Fifty-six to fifty, and fifty-seven to fifty, and we have a timeout on the floor. Full timeout. We'll pause for a quick break. Eleven thirty-nine to go in the second half. A seven-point night lead over the Scots. Carleton College is committed to providing a true liberal arts education, a curriculum that challenges students to learn broadly and think deeply. Instead of training for one narrow career path, Carleton students develop the knowledge and skills to succeed in any walk of life. Carleton students learn critical thinking, problem solving, use creativity and effective communication tools to transform a collection of facts and figures into a way of understanding the world. Very exciting time going on in uh, amateur sports from the MIAC playoffs right around the corner next week, Tuesday, for teams that have a first, excuse me, a first-round game. And high school sports are well into their postseason for a couple of sports, and many others will start week after week after week. During the winter season, there's always a new team, a new sport starting its postseason. 
be watching for details and coverage of upcoming events on the Mighty 920 KDHL. And details on uh, what we're excited to do in the way of coverage of the Minnesota State High School Boys Basketball Tournament once again. Be watching for all the details at kdhlradio.com. Get that app on your phone and know what's going on. And a great way to listen to the games as well, including this game tonight. 57-50 Carlton. We're at 11.35 to go second half. And Andre on the dribble. He gets picked up aggressively by Sweat. Fires it into the corner. And that shot is up and good. That was Wentz for two. And the foul on Coling. Wentz pulls his team within 57-52. And he goes to the free throw line. First foul on Coling. Second foul on the Knights and Wentz with um, 14 points looking for the and one 71% free throw shooter he gets it 57-53-11-20 to go in the second half gets, hands it off to Gibbons gives to Coling. Frisch now underneath and pass to the left side of the cutter and that Spencer gets the gets from the feed from Gibbons 59-53, Carlton by six with 11 minutes to go. High-scoring Luke Harris on the bench. Team can do it without him. In fact, there's Coling forcing a turnover. Frisch goes the other way on the run. He'll uh, move it over to Getz. Past left side, Gibbons. Gibbons gets close, and then uh, he tries to find Coling. I don't think he really could take a shot as he was trying to find Coling. It bounced off of uh, Sam's hands. And out of bounds, a turnover on Carlton. And Carlton's at about seven turnovers. McAllister's at about six. A lot of these stats in this game have been very close throughout. Shooting percentages, three-pointers made, just a lot of uh, close aspects to the stats. And what does that lead to but a close game? 59-53 Carlton with ten and a half to go. Weisserman, um, that ball was kicked by Carlton. So they want 20 on the shot clock. They want 20, there it is, 20 on the shot clock. So it maintains a, a McAllister basketball and the 20 seconds put on the clock. Williams has the ball knocked out of his hands, but he still has it. Williams elevates, shoots, and scores. Williams is now at 23 points in the game, blowing past his seeds an average of 19.7. And it's a four-point game, 59-55, 10.05 to go. Here's a straight-on three. In and out, rebounded by Weisserman. The three-point try by Gibbons, a 40% three-point shooter, didn't go. Gold gets a defender in the air. Passes it over for Andre. Missed it, rebounded by Gibbons. And the ball knocked out of bounds by Gold. So it is Carlton basketball. Knights are home on... Saturday, 3 o'clock game with St. Mary's. McAllister will host Augsburg on Saturday. Coling straight on three. Comes off the front of the rim. Grabbed by Gold. Kobe Gold, a returning all-conference player. He's only got six points tonight, but he's still, still a factor when he has the basketball anytime. Gets in the lane. Jump pass. Gets it back. Kicks it out. That one is tipped into the backcourt. McAllister gets it. Williams, he drives 
And his shot is good over Frisch. And Caleb Williams with two more. He's got 25. It's a two-point game. 59-57 Carlton, 9.05 to play. Polling with the ball. A couple of possessions without points uh, here for Carlton. Frisch drives in. Baseline pass was touched by Weisserman. And it stays Carlton ball with 13 seconds on the clock, on the shot clock. Luke Harris remains on the bench. Coling, uh, Banovitz, Frisch, Getz, Sweat on the floor for Coach Kershaw. Gets inside, nice little pass, missed by Sweat, got his own rebound, puts it back up and in. It was a nifty pass and then a little flick over the shoulder by Sweat. It didn't go, though, but he got his own rebound and is able to put it back. He's got five points. It's a four-point lead for Carlton, eight and a half remaining. Baseline jumper missed it. Rebound Coling. Missing was Williams on the play. What are Williams' numbers? Williams is nine for 17. He's taking 17 shots. Next highest player on the team is Wentz with 10 shots in the ballgame. And a foul on, if that's on Wentz, that's his fourth. So they're going to have to pull him off the floor. Brush will come in in his place. For Carlton, uh, no one has taken 10 shots yet. Getz has eight. Gibbons has eight. Harris just one for six shooting. Now he does have some free throw points, but he's not uh, playing right now. Coling. Left-hand dribble into the lane. Lost the handle on the ball. Turned over. Blanche to McAllister. McAllister down four with the ball. Williams has it. Williams looking for somewhere to drive. Hands the ball over to uh, Andre. Pass left corner. Coming out of the corner. Brush. Now Andre for three. And that is his first basket of the game. Tom Andre is a 36% three-point shooter. It's a one-point game. 61-60 with 7.40 to go. Frisch with the ball. Coling. Now it's Frisch. Frisch, nice pass. Banovitz short on the shot. Got his own rebound. Kicks it out. Coling for three. It's good. Sam Coling with his second three of the night. 64-60. Carlton, 7-20 remaining. Head fake by Williams. Drives in the lane. Frisch cuts him off. No look pass. Corner. Andre three. Rattles through. That is the second straight three for Andre. And it's a one-point game again. And a timeout is taken by McAllister. That will leave them just two timeouts. And it is a full timeout taken by the Scots. We're coming down the stretch of this week that we're coming down the stretch of the regular season. 64-63 Carlton, 7-11 to go in the half, second half on the Mighty 920 KDHL, 97.9 FM. Carlton College's faculty members are highly respected scholars, researchers, and practitioners in their field. But above all, their first priority is teaching. Every course at Carleton is taught by a professor, not a teaching assistant, and classes small enough to offer individual attention for students. A student-to-faculty ratio of 9 to 1 ensures Carleton students have plenty of opportunity for interaction with their professors. Tight ball game here at McCall at uh, with McAllister down by one at Carleton, 64-63. 
shooting percentage in the game. McAllister at 45%, Carlton at 45%. Not a, they're a few percentage points off. Three-pointers made, 10 for Carlton, 10 for McAllister. Turnovers, nine on Carlton, seven whistled against uh, 10, I should say, seven turnovers charged to McAllister. Just such evenness throughout. Leading scorer, Coling with 16 points for Carlton. And leading scorer, of course, Williams with 25 points. 15 for Wentz, by the way. So it's Carlton ball. Closing in on seven to go. Seven minutes in the second half. One-point lead for the Knights. Knights have won five, uh, what is it, five out of their last six. Augsburg, the only loss inside there, and that was right at the buzzer, or right very, very close to the buzzer. Before the shot, there's a foul here. It should put the Knights at the line, or I should say it does not put the Knights at the line. Brush on the foul, his second. This is an inbound, no shooting, no shooting on that play. This is uh, foul number four on McAllister, inbound for Carlton. Frisch looked inside. It wasn't there for Banovitz. Getz wants to give it back to Frisch. And Getz gives it to Banovitz. Eight on the shot clock. Banovitz guarded by Williams. Banovitz into the lane. Into the lane. Turn. Left-hand hook shot. Misses. Gold grabs the rebound. One-point lead. I'm chuckling because Abel DeLassi, the coach for McAllister, he's dancing all over the sidelines, kind of ushering his team down the floor. In fact, he's standing there with one foot on the floor as he's signaling where his players should go. Gold with a long three, puts it in. That's his third three of the game. McAllister takes the lead, 66-64 with 6.05 to go. The players are up on the up off their seats chanting defense for their team as the Scots are on defense as uh, Carlton tries to tie the game on a baseline jumper. Missed it, Brush gets the rebound. So McAllister with the lead and the ball with under six minutes to play. Two-point advantage. Driving, gold, stopping, kicking out. Brush for three. It's good. And he does the Superman arm pump as Ryan Brush drills his second three of the game. He's about a 40% three-point shooter. Averages five points a game. He has six. And all of a sudden, it is a five-point lead for McAllister. 30-second timeout taken by Carlton. Carlton takes the timeout. They're left with three. Two timeouts remain for McAllister. 69-64, McAllister with the lead. Now, McAllister rallied from a huge deficit, a double-digit deficit against Carlton first time through. That was back in um, um, early to mid-January and and won the game by double digits. Today, it's been very tight back and forth throughout. Uh, Biggest lead been Ted lead changes and a couple of ties and Carlton's biggest lead was out to about seven or eight points I believe largest lead seven points and the largest lead for McAllister is right now at five points that's their biggest lead of the ball game so it's a 12 point turnaround from the fact that Carlton led by five or rather led by seven a little more before the Scots went on this surge to grab the lead. Five and a half to go, five-point deficit for Carlton. They have the basketball. Luke Harris is back in the game. Oh, he got real high on the dribble. 
Williams could have grabbed a, a, a late Christmas gift he had turned around, but it was right behind him at the time that Harris was a little out of control on the dribble. Banovitz, Banovitz draws a foul. No shot. Banovitz draws a foul on Williams. It'll be Caleb Williams' first foul as Banovitz uh, saw an opening to dash by him, and then Williams stepped in his way. It's the fifth foul on McAllister. And Getz has the ball he gives to Coling. Coling has been the scorer tonight. Ball flung to Frisch, who has a couple of threes. Now Harris drives up the lane, pulls up. He's covered tightly. A pass deflected and turned over. Five-point lead for McAllister with the ball as the clock goes below five minutes remaining. Pass on the right side, Crawford. Or no, excuse me, Williams. His pass intercepted by Banovitz. Banovitz runs the other way. Basket good, draws the foul on gold. That shot is gold for Benevitz. The steal and layup and one. That'll be foul number three on Kobe Gold. Foul number six on the team. Eight points in the ballgame for Benevitz, who goes to the line for the uh, more um, the more antiquated three-point opportunity. Free throw, good. 81% free throw shooter. He's got nine points. It's a two-point game, 69-67, 4.45 to go. Williams and his 25 points into the front court on the left to right-hand dribble. Gets the ball into the hands of Weisserman. Gold, right side, behind the back, dribble, into the lane, pull up from 14, around and off. Tapped out and crashing onto the player bench are two players, one for each team. Ball saved by Carlton. Got to credit Frisch with making that play. He briefly took a seat on the McAllister bench along with one of the Scots, and then both of those players are now back into play as Carlton runs their offense down by two with 4.10 to go. Frisch drives. That ball jabbed free from behind and turned over. Long pass ahead is caught by Andre, and he'll wait for the rest of the team to catch up. Four minutes to go. Scott's by two with the ball. Gold on the dribble looks to the sideline for what the coach is telling the team to do. He'll get a screen and then pass into the corner. In the the right corner, Williams for three. In and out. Frisch. The rebound for Carlton. Down by two, 3.40 to go. Into the front court is Gibbons. Gibbons hands to uh, Banovitz, gives to Getz. Now Coling. Straight on look for Banovitz for three. And the lead, Matt Banovitz. 70 to 69, Carlton, 325 to go. One point lead for Carlton. With the ball is Andre. Andre behind the back, pressured by Getz. Delivers it up to Brush, gets the ball back, does Andre. Got the white headband on, dribbles behind his back, drives in a little on the left side, little toss to uh, Williams, who comes out with seven on the shot clock. Williams spin move, top of the lane, gives to Gold, four, three, two, and one. Shot away and good for Gold! Kobe Gold, just as the shot clock is expiring, 71-70, McAllister, 2.45 remaining in regulation. Going over on the left wing side is Gibbons. And he goes to uh, Getz, now Coling outside the arc. There's a foul away from the ball on McAllister. And the foul on Andre, his second, team's seventh, I believe. This will be a one-and-one. One-and-one opportunity for Benevitz. 
Banovitz has 12 points. One and one chance. Got the first. Off the rim, around, uh, and then through. Ten points in the second half for Banovitz. 71-71 game. It stays 71-71 on the missed free throw. Two and a half to play. And there's uh, almost an alley-oop look. And a little shovel pass inside to Weisserman. Williams dribbles through a lot of traffic. And toss the ball over to Gold. 2.15 remaining. Shot clock is at 10 for McAllister in a tie game. Gold, 5-4-3 on the shot clock. Andre, 3. Off the rim, missed the shot. Rebound, Coling. Tie game, two minutes to go. Carlton's Gibbons takes it into the front court. Ball is handed off, and now Getz goes to Frisch. Back to Banovitz, head fake from three. Looking inside, passes outside, 10 on the shot clock with the ball. Gibbons, top of the key, drives inside, hooks a pass inside to Banovitz. Down in the low post, he's got a few players. Goes to the opposite post, players diving for the basketball. Andre has the basketball, and I believe that he called a timeout while sitting and holding the ball which would leave uh, McAllister with just one timeout, but it does give them possession. And Coach Kershaw is upset about the battle for the basketball, maybe. Does not like the call there. And uh, now we'll focus on his team after barking a little bit to the officials. So we have a timeout on the floor. And uh, we're at 1.36 to go in the second half. Back in a moment on the Mighty 920 KDHL. Carleton ranks number one among baccalaureate colleges in the number of alumni who have gone on to earn academic doctorates since 2007. Approximately 57% of all alums go on to graduate school within five years of graduation, and 21% of alumni go directly to graduate school in the fall after their graduation. It's another reason why Carleton develops life long learners one timeout left for McAllister three timeouts left for Carlton 71-71 game 136 on the clock Carlton tied for second in the conference and while McAllister is out of any possible playoff scenario they are looking to play the role of spoiler before wrapping things up on their regular season with Augsburg, who is also in a position of not being a playoff team this season. While St. Mary's, who is um, kind of on the fringe of being a playoff team, comes here to Carleton on Saturday to wrap up on the regular season. 71-71. It is McAllister ball after the loose ball, the diving for the basketball, and the ruling that it belonged to McAllister, and they called a timeout. So, 71-71. Scott basketball, and under a minute and a half to go. Gold being uh, pressured by Frisch. Gets the ball over to Brush. Gold drives into the lane. In traffic. Flips it out. They go around to Williams. Still 10 on the shot clock. Williams goes in left side, and Frisch... 
comes in contact with him and gets called on the foul. And then Williams went flying into the next county. And he, uh, this is not a free throw situation. That is the first on Frisch, only the third on Carlton. 20 seconds on the shot clock, minute 13 on the game clock. Tie game 71 apiece. Long inbound to Gold. And Gold on the dribble. Again, it was a 20-second reset on the shot clock. He's out by the timeline, standing on the Knight logo at midcourt here at the West Gym. Left-hand dribble. One minute to go in the game. Brush hands it off. Andre missed the rim. That's a shot clock violation. The Carlton fans were hollering the time remaining on the shot clock, but they were hollering the wrong amount of time remaining on the shot clock, and that that affected Andre's shot. There's no doubt about it. He heard a countdown going on. Now Carlton takes the timeout. Carlton takes the timeout. We'll pause one final time here in regulation. We might be going to overtime, folks, uh, in this one tonight, Um, but we'll take a break here with a 71-71 tie, 48 seconds to go. Fairbow Foods has been a pillar of the Fairbow community since 1895. As a leading manufacturer of high-quality canned foods, they're dedicated to providing wholesome and delicious recipe-ready food. Keep your pantry stocked with canned beans and vegetables for easy meals at your fingertips. Use Mrs. Grimes' beans in your favorite soups, chilies, or tacos. And butter kernel vegetables as a side dish your family will love. For more meal inspiration, visit mrsgrimesbeans.com or butterkernel.com. 71-71 tie coming down the stretch. What a thriller. Carlton has had some of these this season. The Augsburg game shaped up like this. The Bethel game, which was a win, was a late rally from behind. Tight games will get you ready for the playoffs, you would think. So two out of the last three have come down to the closing seconds. 71-71. It is Carlton basketball with the ball 43 seconds. Frisch dribbles out of the corner, in the lane, and a wild reverse layup is good for Miles Frisch. He's got eight. Carlton has the lead, 73-71, 34 seconds to go. A foul is committed by Frisch. It is only his second. 27 on the shot clock for McAllister. And there is a timeout on the floor. I'll hold it here on this timeout. Big games tonight are Bethel at St. John's. And we did have a score on that one. Let's see what we've got here. Just going around the MIAC, Concordia is up on St. Olaf with six minutes to go second half, 78-55. Gustavus, that game is narrowed with only 41 seconds to go, though. Gustavus's lead is 10. At one point, they were up by 20, but St. Mary's has made a ball game of it in the second half. Still, it's Gustavus by 10. 70 to 60 with 41 seconds to go. Uh, St. John's is leading 75-72 over Bethel. 75-72 with 32 seconds remaining. And one game I was not able to get a score on was the game up at Scholastica in Duluth. No deal on getting the score up there. Yep, still no score on Hamlin at Scholastica. All right, we're back underway. McAllister. Down two with the ball, 30 seconds. On the dribble is Williams. He's got 20 on the shot clock and 24 on the game clock. There's about three or four seconds different. Three or four. With the ball, Gold's 15 on the shot clock. Gold to Williams. Williams for three on the lead. High off the heel of the rim, rebounded by Coling. 
Colin gives the ball to Gibbons. Gibbons is fouled before he makes a pass. Gibbons will go to shoot a one-and-one, leading by two with eight seconds to go. So Alex Gibbons going to the free throw line for a one-and-one. 8.8 to go. Uh, No timeouts left, by the way, for McAllister. None. Two timeouts remain for Carlton. Gibbons is a 73% free throw shooter. Ten points on the night. He's not attempted a free throw tonight. One and one. Good. The lead is three. 74-71. Eight seconds to go. 8.8 seconds to go, to be precise. And Gibbons will get one more. On its way, around and good, four-point lead. So a two-possession lead with eight seconds to go. McAllister looking for the inbound. Some miscommunication by who's going to take it. Andre, front court, pass, gold with a man in his face. He drilled the three. Now there is no timeout remaining. There's no timeout remaining. The three-pointer is good to make it 75-74. They've got to discuss... 3.7 on the clock. So the three-pointer was good. I've already forgotten who took the shot. They have no timeouts. 3.7 is what they want on the clock. It was Kobe Gold. Gold on the three-pointer that pulls them within one. But 3.7, the clock stops on the made three. And it's an inbound for Carlton. But Carlton is going to take a timeout, it appears. I believe. Maybe not. Maybe not. Nope. Nope. No timeout being taken. So it's a Carlton inbound up by 175 3.7 on the clock. And now, now they do take a timeout. So Carlton is going to take a timeout. We'll hold on to it here, though. Plenty of high school sports coming up over the next couple of days on uh, the Mighty 920 KDHL. Boys hockey tomorrow night, Northfield at Faribault. And boys basketball Friday night, Bethlehem Academy at Randolph. There's also Owatonna boys basketball on Friday night with Owatonna hosting Rochester John Marshall over on AM 1390 KRFO. And then uh, St. Mary's comes here to play Carleton on Saturday afternoon with a 3 o'clock tap here at the West Gym. We'll go through all the stats in the post game, but... Carlton shooting 46%, McAllister 45%. 13 three-pointers made by McAllister, 11 made by Carlton. Carlton 16 for 19 on free throws. Five for five, so percentage-wide McAllister is better. But Carlton has made it to the free throw line and made their free throws. None bigger than the two by Alex Gibbons just a moment ago on the one-on-one because it gave Carlton a four-point lead. The three-pointer by Gold, his fourth three of the night, trimmed the lead to one, but with 3.7 seconds to go, it's a Carlton inbound up by one. Now, it was 8.8 seconds when the second free throw was made, and then Gold came down and hit the three. Now, depending on how much time, so Carlton goes with four players... All five players are standing on the end line out of bounds. And then four run in. A quick pass to Gibbons. And he's going to come down here and shoot as he was fouled. Now there's 2.3 left. 
foul is on Grace the fourth, picking up his first. Hey, uh, Coach uh, Woldalassi, I think, was asking for more time on the clock. The official does not grant him any additional time. We're at 2.3 seconds. This is a one-and-one one for Gibbons. 2.3 seconds. And a one-and-one. One. Free throw is good. 76-74, 2.3 seconds. Again, no timeouts left for McAllister. Gold stands in the front court. The free throw is out. They tap out toward the corner. The ball is grabbed. And what's the call here? Are they calling a foul? They're calling a foul. Calling a foul on Carlton. I believe they're calling a foul on Carlton. There's no time on the clock. Now... (laughs) The player for McAllister was trying to act as if he was in the act of shooting at half court when a Carlton player came in contact with him. He was making the effort to to show that he's shooting, but after he was contacted, bumped into by the Carlton player because the official waved off any idea that it was a shooting foul. But it is a foul on Carlton, but it is their fifth. So they put .4 seconds on the clock. (laughs) That's awfully generous, says a Carlton fan. The foul is on Gibbons. It is his third, the team's fifth. So with .4, it's an inbound for McAllister. .4 is enough to catch and shoot. I don't think you can dribble on .4, but you also can catch and shoot. I don't think it has to just be a tip. We had something along those lines a couple of years ago at St. Olaf. That was kind of an interesting sort of play. Um, But in this case, I think you can catch and shoot. Here you've got .4 left on the clock. Generous, says a Carlton fan behind me. 76-74, Knights. Long catch, Williams turns, shoots, it is not good. And Carlton hangs on. The final score is 76-74, Carlton with the win. 76-74. We'll get into our post-game notes next on the Mighty 920 KDHL Fairville, Minnesota. Stay tuned. We might have a couple of interviews for you as well. Fairbow Foods has been a pillar of the Fairbow community since 1895. As a leading manufacturer of high-quality canned foods, they're dedicated to providing wholesome and delicious recipe-ready food. Keep your pantry stocked with canned beans and vegetables for easy meals at your fingertips. Use Mrs. Grimes' beans in your favorite soups, chilies, or tacos. And butter kernel vegetables as a side dish your family will love. For more meal inspiration, visit MrsGrimesBeans.com or ButterKernel.com. Well, an exciting finish, to say the least, here from Carlton. 76-74 is your final score. Carlton with the win. They've now won six of their last seven games. A lot of times, uh, David Pape, the sports information guy, will get us some interviews. So hold on for that. Caleb Williams is limping as he leaves the floor after a 25-point performance holding his left uh, leg as he makes his way toward the locker room. All right. Uh, with the win, Carlton 16 and 8 overall, 13 and 6 in the MIAC. McAllister drops to 9 and 15 overall, 5 and 14 in uh, the MIAC. 
And let's find the stat page here for a couple of the team stats. Uh, McAllister ends up shooting 45% on the game, 13 for 31 on three-pointers. That's 42% on three-pointers. They're one of the best three-point shooting teams in the conference. And for Carlton, Carlton ends up shooting 46% in the game. They shot 50%. The Knights shot 50% on threes, going 11 for 22, plus 17 for 21 on free throws, while 5 for 5 on the part of McAllister on free throws. Biggest lead was 7 points for Carlton. Biggest lead was 5 points for McAllister. And then down the stretch, we were tied at 71. And then uh, Carlton got enough of a lead. The three-pointer made it a one-point game. And then the um, final free throw there to make it a 76-74 final. 76-74. Some of the McAllister stats. Let's see. Team stats. Rebounding, 28 for McAllister. 35 rebounds for Carlton. Turnovers, 9 for McAllister. And 12 for Carlton. That's a great number by McAllister, only turning the ball over nine times. Carlton averages 10 turnovers per game. Today they had 12 turnovers, which is still a pretty good number. How about some individual stats on the McAllister side? Williams with 25 points on nine for 20. He hit three out of nine three-pointers in the game. Uh, 15 points for Wentz. Wentz also had three rebounds. He was tagged with four fouls by the end of the game. 14 points for Gold, four for seven on threes, had six rebounds in the game. Andre led the way with eight rebounds, had three steals as well. Uh, Williams, meanwhile, besides his 25 points, he did have four assists in the contest. And the other scorers were Andre with six points, two points for Akapo Nwagbo, and uh, two points for him. Six points for Brush on a couple of threes and four points for Weisserman. All right, so we've got uh, who's one guy's coming over here, right? We'll have you come over here. We'll have go on this side. Gibbons is coming over this way. Alex Gibbons, how you doing, sir? Doing well. How about yourself? I'm, I'm good. Well, you must be really good. That's an exciting finish. How are you feeling after a win like that? Definitely heart still racing, but glad that it turned out the right way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Could have gone both ways. They were up five with about like two so minutes left. We got a big steal by Matt Banovitz to help with the and one to give us a bunch of momentum, too, and confidence going into that. And a great move by Miles Frisch at the end to put us up. So that was kind of key for us. Yeah, and you, you were at the line. You speak about your heart racing a little bit. You went to the line for the front end of the one-on-one when right now I don't remember what the score was in the game except it was super tight. What's going through your mind? How hard is your heart racing? Um, it was racing a little bit. Then I realized, I, I mean, I shoot these every day in practice a bunch of times on that hoop every time. So it was very familiar to me. It felt like at home. Kind of sad I missed the last one, but we got the win anyway. So it was definitely very good. Yeah, and I suppose I, I'm kind of wondering sometimes, do you miss that last one just so they have to kind of uh, take a little time off the clock and a frantic effort to get the ball to somebody if you would miss on purpose, but that wasn't the goal. No, that was not the goal. No, definitely not up not. by two. You don't want to yeah, do that. Yeah, yeah. But then the, the foul at the end definitely was to make them 
Hopefully, I saw he wasn't in the motion yet, so I wanted to get in there, get a quick foul in there, so they'd have uh, the ref put 0.4 seconds up, which is an extremely hard shot to do. So Yeah, no kidding. Uh, so that idea of practice makes perfect, or nearly perfect, but, but shooting free throws, and it just kind of drives home the fact that it's real important to practice. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Definitely in moments like these, you can kind of rely on your muscle movements and just memory from that. And the game overall, a McAllister team that's out of the playoff hunt, but they, they come in here fighting real hard. So uh, how did you feel the team kind of responded to that kind of situation of a team that the, your opposing team is out here to play hard? Oh, yeah. McAllister always plays hard. We always have kind of like a thing with them very well. We always try to give each other our best no matter what. They have some great guys on their team who are very difficult to guard. So it was definitely a challenge for us that we're going to look forward and then learn from this as well moving on and how we can play defense and do just certain things better. And the, the fact that you guys dropped a game at McAllister, does that weigh on you a little bit? Do you talk about that in the pregame to get a little more fired up for a contest? Does oh, it, definitely, definitely. We felt like we, we owed them one because we got beaten pretty bad at their place the time we beat them. So we definitely wanted to get one back and kind of shut the record straight, so to speak. And uh, as far as how, how many times were you guarding Williams? You talk about the fact they've got multiple good guys to, to guard. Williams is just such a... Uh, just his movements are so quick. He's, he's such a, a talented player. How often were you marked up on him, and, and how much do you like a challenge like that? Um, I was marked up on him a couple times. I think one time I was just like, all right, he's driving on me, and I kind of wanted to set the tone, so I hit him for a foul real quick. But, I don't know, he's an amazing player, very dynamic, very quick, pretty much has it at all three levels. So guarding him is definitely a very good challenge. I mean, he scored what, 25 points tonight. He can do so much better than that as well. So I feel like that's a win in our book that he got the last shot off, didn't make it, but yeah, yeah definitely yeah. a challenge for sure. And finally, Alex, I know you guys have already wrapped up a playoff spot. The seedings still have to be figured out here uh, between games tonight and on Saturday, but uh, what about your team makes you confident that you guys can make a good run at playoff time? Um, our experience from last year's yell, we did lose key components, but we also have a bunch of people from last time. Um, hopefully, if we get the seeding that we want and we win out, Hopefully it works out in our favor. We get the two seed. We're playing very well at home right now, so that would be huge for us. And it's, I mean, it's playoffs. It's just like March Madness. You see the one seed lose last year, like Purdue. Like, anything can happen. It's just about that day, who's feeling right, and who can get the job done at the end of it. All right. Uh, congrats on a win there, Alex. Thank you very much. Thank you. I'll grab those headphones from you. Very good. Appreciate that. Sam Coling will be over here in just a minute. He's chatting with the uh, streaming guys right now, but we'll get Sam on for a moment as well as uh, he had a very nice night, ends up with uh, 16 points in the game, averages 10 points a game, so he was feeling it a bit today, 4 of 4 from the free throw line, uh, so we'll get to him in just a moment. Uh, Stat-wise, 16 points on 5 for 6 shooting, he hit two threes, did Coling. Uh, back to Getz, who we just talked with, um, I'm sorry, Gibbons, we just talked with Alex Gibbons, Alex. Alex ended up with 13 points, he was 3 for 4 on free throws, and had four rebounds and a couple of assists. And let's see, we'll swing these headphones over here, kind of put them on in this direction if you could there, Sam. Hey, Sam, I'm Roy. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. All right. How are you feeling after a win like this? A little uneasy, but we got the win. A Mayak win is a Mayak win. But um, I'm sure we, we wouldn't have liked it to be that close and that thrilling. But um, you always have to feel good after a win, no matter what, especially till the end of the season when all teams are playing their best basketball. Um, so at the end of the day, we're pretty satisfied. The uneasy part just because it was such a hard-fought game down the stretch? Absolutely, absolutely. We had a, a pretty hard time uh, guarding the three ball, uh, which they're really good at, really strong with. So um, 
yeah, we, we really drilled that this week in practice, and they, they showed it up to us. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, they shot uh, 42% on three-pointers, which is fantastic, but yeah. you guys shot 50% on three-pointers. Well, <laughs> that's, that's also fantastic. I mean, when the three ball is falling for us, then it makes it easier on defense uh, a little bit. So, yeah. yeah. But both teams are just kind of going back and forth and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you averaged 10 points a game tonight. You ended up with 16 points. You had a very solid night. Thank you. Was, uh, was something feeling good for you tonight or just also the need for someone to step up and score? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like it's just let the game come to me always. I mean, if we can find mismatches, which we did in the post, then that's great. I feel like that's that's what I that's what we did there um, in the first half. We found uh, their weakness in the paint there, and um, if I can make the shots, then that's all the better. But uh, yeah, really letting the game come to me, you know, letting the seniors and juniors facilitate around me and uh, and finding my shots. Have you evolved a lot as a player here in this first year? Oh, absolutely. I feel like I'm. 10 times better coming into the season uh, uh, or 10 times better now than I was coming into the season. It, it's all, it's all credit to the leaders on this team. Bano, Luke, Spencer, everybody who's an upperclassman. I, I really cannot give them enough credit. Now you have uh, four assists on the game today. How much is that a part of your game? Usually how does four <laughs> compare to the rest of the season for a single game? I, it's not a it's not a significant part of my game. However, okay. if we can find those those shots for I think a few of them were to uh, Miles and Bano on the three there, okay. um, then it's great. But yeah, no, really, really being able to clog the paint there and kicking it out for an easy three is it's all it's all it's all I'm really good at. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that that counts. Yeah. And, and a couple of steals and a couple of blocks yeah. today. Yeah, yeah. I mean, playing long on defense, you know, we, we call them rakes where we dig our hands in when they're driving. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just getting hands on balls. Hands on balls leads to deflections. Deflections lead to turnovers. And, I mean, um, that's, that's, that's all we can ask for on defense, really. Yeah. What, what's fun, and ch- it's challenging, but what's fun about the challenge of playing a team like McAllister that has players like Williams, like Gold, yeah. that, are, that are just so good? What do you enjoy about that kind of challenge? Well, it's a lot of one-on-one basketball, I won't lie. They don't run too many sets. It's a lot of, you know, dribble drive, kick and shoot. Um, so in the, it's, a lot, it's a lot different than the other uh, Mayak teams in that you have to really win your battles. You have to have a hand up always in zero space. Um, personally, I, I love it, even though it's – I'm. I feel like it's my weakness guarding the three ball, uh, but I absolutely love playing this type of offense. It's 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 really it's really entertaining what type of shots they put up. What do you like about your team's chance to make a good playoff run? Oh, uh, I I think we, I'm very confident. I'm very confident. I think we have a really close knit group here. We're all the most confident we are. Uh, we're we're the most confident right now than we have been all season. Um, I think a lot of our guys are hitting their groove, especially Miles here. Um, and I'm, I think we have, we have a really good shot. I think, I think we're, we're definitely ready. All right. And finally, how much more snow is on the ground at home than here? I think, <laughs> I think they, I think zero. Wait, you're Ann Arbor, Michigan, right? Did they get a storm? No, I'm, I'm, I'm just assuming that you've got snow <laughs> there because here in Minnesota, we've got nothing. Right, and right. I don't know, Ann Arbor, does Ann Arbor usually have Ann, snow this Ann time Arbor, of year? They should. I, okay. well, like here, they, it should. But oh, I think but it's, been, it's been a dry winter, too? Dry winter. Oh, yeah. wow. I just, yeah. I just guessed wrong on that. <laughs> no, hey, okay. Sam, it's nice to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. Thank All you. All right. Good luck on the balance of the season. Thank you very much. All right. Nice. Yeah, I kind of, <laughs> I just kind of pulled that one out of the hat figuring that they would be buried in snow or something. Do we want to bring Ryan in here? All right. Bring Ryan uh, in for a minute.
grab that for you. Slide Thank that you. on. Thank you, sir, for coming over. Yes, sir. Well, uh, hard-fought games, I'm oh sure, pay dividends down the road, right? Uh, no doubt. No doubt. That was an absolute grinder. You know, MIC basketball in February, that's oftentimes the case when you get down to the last week of the regular season, playoff, you know, playoff birth, playoff seating, all that stuff. And, uh, you know, give McAllister a ton of credit. They... They played uh, a really hard, well-played game. Their execution was really good. They gave us some trouble, you know, with how they were guarding us defensively, too, in some ways. And um, we had just enough solutions there at the end to kind of make it happen. So I'm just so proud of our team. And just, you know, the kind of the team, you look at our box score and, like, the, you know, just up and down the lineup, the contributions that we had, double-figure score. And, you know, our leading scorer, Luke Harris, is, is off a little bit tonight. And, and other guys were there to pick up the slack. Uh, just extremely proud of, of the group as a whole. I just talked to Sam. Sam ends up with 16 points, contributed with some rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks. So what can you say about his game? Yeah, it was huge for us, particularly in the first half there when he we could really kind of play through him. We had some advantages there. We were able to play through him a little bit, which was huge uh, from that standpoint. And so uh, that was great. He got some, some baskets for us, and he had a great find. He hit Bano for a three, hit Miles for a three. So he... You know, his offense was huge there in the last five minutes of the first half. And, and he held his own defensively, too. Um, you know, I think we held him to 40, right around 40% from the field in the second half, which was much better than, than we were there in the first half, too. And Sam was a part of that and, and on the glass, too. So very proud of him. I mean, he's, you know, we, we keep telling him it's like this time of the year, you're, you're not a freshman anymore. You've played 23 games, like, and he's, he's playing with it, and we're going to need that in the postseason, too. And so very, very proud of him. Gibbons hit some clutch Huge. free throws right in the closing moments. Gibby's a winner. I mean, that kid's just an absolute winner and just loved having him out there and just just a lot of trust. Like, he and I, I mean, he's just been playing, like, significant minutes for us from pretty much the moment he got here in the program. And so I have so much uh, implicit trust with him, and, and uh, it was a cool to see him have a moment like he had and just make those free throws. That was very, very neat for us. Uh, Banovitz had the big offensive uh, second half to uh, char- uh, help lead the charge on that side. Yeah, and I thought he had to play the game. We were down five, and I thought he had to play the game where he got the steal, and the, and the and one was a huge play for us. Uh, when if they score right there, it's, you know, now we're looking at three possessions potentially, and so that was a huge, huge play in the game. Um, let's see, you, you, you end up being ahead, then behind and rallying to, uh, to, to take the game. Um, anything else to say about the game? No, just, just really, really proud of the guys. Really proud of the way that we, we hung in there and battled. And, and uh, we'll need it again on Saturday. It'll be a tough game on Saturday. We'll need it. And uh, I think our guys will be ready to go. I guess what I wanted to ask was because uh, McAllister is so good, you got a guy like Williams yeah. out there. He just creates so many oh my problems gosh. and challenges. Without a doubt. like he, Those two guards, he and Gold, are just terrific. And so they present a lot of problems for teams, us included. And, uh, you know, we've had some pretty good battles with those guys over the years. And, and uh, you know, if I don't see – I say this in the most respectful way possible. If I don't see Caleb Williams in our gym again in a, in a McAllister uniform, I'll, I'll be okay with that. So. <laughs> and uh, you mentioned St. Mary's. St. Mary's was down 20 to Gustavus at half. They end up making a game okay. of it, uh, lose by nine points. Uh, St. Mary's is going to come in here like McAllister, not oh, a yeah. playoff team, but they're coming to, to play their hardest. Very talented team. Very, very talented team and, and uh, scary in some ways too. So we'll have to execute at a high level, but I think our guys will be ready. All right, Coach Ryan, thank you for the time. Congrats right, on the you. win. Thank you very much. See you on Saturday. All right, sounds great. Uh, St. Mary's team coming in on Saturday will be the uh, final game of the regular season. Of course, a playoff bid is already all set for these guys, and then just a matter of uh, what the seeding ends up being.
So we'll see if I can do one more commercial break and then say goodnight from uh, West Jim after a 76-74 victory, a final so long in a moment. The Carleton College academic environment is undeniably rigorous and challenging, but it's also uniquely supportive. Instead of competing, students embrace a spirit of collaboration. Unlike most colleges, Carleton has three 10-week terms per academic year, fall, winter, and spring, which allows students to focus more completely on their classes. Another way that Carleton develops leaders. All right, final notes here from uh, Carleton after a 76-74 win over McAllister. And just to give you the full rundown on the scoring for Carlton, and then I'll say goodnight. 16 points for Coling to lead the way. 13 for Banovitz. Um, 13 as well for Gibbons. 12 for Getz. 9 for Harris, all in the first half. 8 for Frisch, a couple of three-pointers for him. And 5 points for Sweat. He also had a three-pointer. So an exciting game, a back-and-forth game. There end up being uh, several ties and about 13 lead changes along the way. Biggest lead was 5 for McAllister. Biggest lead was 7 for Carlton. And Carlton wins, <coughs> excuse me, by 2, 76 to 74. Well, thank you very much for listening in. The Mighty 920, KDHL, Faribault, Minnesota, 97.9 FM with coverage of Carleton basketball tonight from the West Gym. And Carleton comes away with a 76-74 victory over McAllister. Happy Valentine's Day and good night.